Hi, everybody. Brian Davis here. It's Longhorn Confidential time. I'm here with the fellas. We're here in the Centennial Room. It's November, and uh, it's time for the Texas Bowl. So, like Texas Longhorns are four and four after uh, Saturday's fiasco in Waco. And there's really no other way to say it. A third straight week where a double-digit third-quarter lead goes off the boards against a ranked opponent. And Texas is now four and four uh, and two and three in the Big 12. Guys, what say you? <laughs> Are we just running back last week's show? Can we just do we that? We should. Save, save everybody time. Uh, out of the most interesting develop was Moro Ojimo uh, held court today and waxed philosophically and eloquently about He uh, is a deep thinker, probably the deepest thinker on this team, if not in a long, long time. But uh, interesting cat. And I don't think he can really put his finger on it either. But he did say he's going to write a book about it sometime in 20 years. A little profanity he's, was going down today. A little sure, bit. A sure. little bit. He's a it should be. Teller. It should and be. I like truth. I like real. And he's been real and truthful. And you could tell there's a little bit of hurt. And each time he got asked a tough question, he'd hang his head a little bit. And then he would bring truth. They're in a bad place. And the only thing that can cure where, where they are right now is a W, a big W in Central, in, in Iowa, wherever that is. I called it scenic aims and a couple of readers came after me because they thought I was making fun of it. And I was like, I've been names. I know what it's about. So they're good enough to beat Iowa state, but I'm not picking them because they just don't show up when it matters. And that's why are they good enough to beat Iowa state? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. are. I've seen Iowa state, right? I've seen Iowa state. They haven't been great. They've been, they've been the North's version of Texas at some point. So they've got all, they've got all this talent that hasn't always produced. So these are two teams that are almost mirror images of one another, except that uh, Iowa state has probably gone 500 in the four games that they've led late. Danny? Let's not, let's not act like Texas isn't good enough to win any of the games on their schedule. I mean, they've been up in the fourth quarter the last three weeks. They've just, disappointingly fell flat and been unable to close. But this Texas team is good enough to compete with any um, any of the teams they've played. Just, just like, you know, we're just searching for answers just like the other play- the players are. And, you know, kudos to Morrow and Keandre for coming to availability and talking about the problems on the defense, unlike their defensive coordinator, who we haven't, we haven't talked to since August. Maybe PK can break them off an NIL deal for speaking for, speaking for him. But, you know, we're all searching for answers. We're all – trying to figure out what exactly has gone wrong with this team because no one knows. And I mean, that's frustrating for the players, frustrating for the coach, frustrating for us, frustrating for the fans, but no one seems to have a good answer. And if they, if someone says they have an answer, they're lying because they'd be, if they had the answer, they'd be getting paid to coach here at Texas, but no one seems to have that answer. And everyone seems to be looking, looking for it. They give out guaranteed money to come uh, coach mediocrity here at Texas. You know, one of the things about, uh, the frustration level and Danny, Danny touched on it pitch perfect is because nobody can put their finger on it. I mean, it's very easy. It's very easy to sit there and go, well, Josh Moore, you got to catch that ball. Marcus Washington, you got to catch that ball. That those are the plays that everyone sees out in the open. Right. But we don't, we don't, it's, it's harder to drill down on what's happening on the lines 
what's happening in the trenches, uh, where games are really won and lost. And I, I just think that's really it in a nutshell. If, if there, if we are going to put a finger on it, it's you got to make plays. There's just, there's just no doubt about it. These, I mean, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and now Baylor, you know, made plays when it counted. And and um, I, I'm I'm just not buying this whole this team is mentally fragile thing, all that stuff. No, it's just they got to be you got to be better you got to be better and, and uh, Coburn talked about it today you got the Sark says you got to win the one-on-one battles that's really what it is in a polite way is you got to make plays man and um guys I don't know if y'all saw it but to me that's what the Cowboys did on Sunday Night Football Zeke on that catch and run on fourth, fourth down and I'm on setting up the Cooper touchdown and you got to make plays that's what winning teams do this team doesn't do that it's called winning time Winning time's not in the first quarter or the second. This might not even be in the third. Winning time is when it comes down to it. And when mm-hmm. Cooper rushed through that little swing pass to Zeke, he, he if he had gotten tackled, they would have kicked a field goal, and who knows, maybe the Vikings survived that game. But he turned his shoulders north-south and went through two tacklers. Two tackles. And that's a winning play at winning time. And it's just too off, more often than not, the Longhorns have had opportunities to make winning plays at winning time, and they have not. And the fake punt <laughs> was you a laughing? desperation move by Sark. Uh, uh, that was uh, that showed the desperation because uh, the first uh, first thing I thought is he wants no part of his defense back on the field right now if he's gonna let Dicker the kicker be be Dicker the 11-yard runner, it kind of spoke to uh, how the big concern of, about where he feels his defense is, particularly in the second half of these games. Yeah, you can, you can still make the argument. They, this season kind of went awry in the offseason when they failed to land offensive linemen out of the transfer portal when so many other programs like – you know, A&M did, Oklahoma did, Baylor did. Baylor had two starting linemen from uh, Buffalo, of all places, and Vanderbilt. And they were starting. They are starting center and right guard and seemed to work pretty well for Dave Aranda. So I think, uh, I think Sark probably misread the talent level and the depth uh, on the offensive line. And, you know, we haven't seen Bijan Robinson stuff like that consistently where he – held to 43 yards and no run longer than nine yards. And then on the defensive side, I thought by now Alfred Collins would be a beast. I thought he'd be just wreaking havoc. I mean, where's Jatavian Sanders, the face of the recruiting class? He was a great edge rusher in high school. Where is he? Tight end. They've had a tight end. A tight end not playing is what he is. Hadn't been on the field. And they've had one sack last two games. So I think of all the ills, and we've been harping on this probably since September 1, is their O-line and D-line are just not up to snuff, and that's kind of crippled this whole team. They got to protect better. They got to protect better. In case he's running for his life. And they got to block better for Bijan. He avoids avoids a big rush and makes makes a home run throw that hits Marcus Washington right between the one and the five. He's got to catch that. Got to come down with that ball. Got to come down with that ball. And if he comes down with that ball, maybe our conversations are different today. And Josh Moore in the end zone. Those are two plays right there. And then there's the one Casey overthrew Xavier Worthy in that corner of the end zone where he threw it out of bounds. I mean, those are the three plays. They don't make any of them. 
You make one and, of them, and, maybe you win that game. And you notice, too, the difference, guys. You know, while all this was going on, Iowa State was busy losing to West Virginia, right? Just think about how different everything is today and the tone of, of where Texas is at if they, can, if they, if they ter- put a tourniquet on, stop the bleeding, Iowa State loses. Now you're going to Ames with momentum, and Iowa State has to start pressing. And now you're right back in it going into November, right? But instead, you know, here, here we are. Iowa State still has a leg up. You know, they're 5-3 and three overall. Uh, and Texas is just sort of spinning its wheels. And, um, you know, I'm getting ready for Houston on January 4th. No, I just don't know. You know, is there a position group? I mean, we can talk about the, what's happening in the trenches, and that's obviously a concern. But outside of number five in the backfield, is there a position group that has played great this season? I mean, there's a, you know, Casey, Casey's had a good season, but there's a reason why, he, you know, Sark was asked twice today, including by said, whether or not he's going to be the starting quarterback this weekend in, in Ames. I mean, everyone has struggled. That receiving core outside of, you know, Xavier Worthy, who's had a great freshman season, has really, been disappointing and I know injuries have played played a factor in some of that but you know it's not like this is going to be three 1,000 yard receivers you know right. across the board every position group on defense outside of the running back you know on offense I think there's a lot of blame can be, that can be put on the team it's not just the offensive and defensive line I mean we can start in the trenches and work our way out but this entire team has had some issues and um there's a lot to this isn't going to be something that's solved this season there's going to be a lot of work that needs to be done in the offseason and going forward as, you know, Sark builds his program and recruits the players he wants. But overall, this has been – there's been a lot of disappointment up and down the roster. And it's going to be interesting going forward whether or not, you know, a lot more younger players get playing time, you know, how exactly they address some of these issues because you know, it's, it's been pretty baffling across the board to some of the struggles that, that have been on this team. I think Cameron Dicker is the only real position group, if you want to call him a group, that's really uh, at played at a top level. You know, fake punt aside, you know, plus Peter should have been flagged on roughing the punter. Another big play. You know, it's like, it seems like every week there's one big play like that roughing the punter that wasn't called the out of bounds play by Mike Woods, the Oklahoma receiver. It's just, you know, just, you know, it's kind of inexplicable. You, I think you'd have to say this team hasn't been lucky. I don't know if they've really had a lucky bounce. Peter gets one penalty for 10 yards, seven minutes left in the game. And, you know, the Bears already got command of the game. So it hadn't been lucky, but it hadn't been good either when it has to be good. One thing one thing we, we did talk about Saturday in the press box, guys, remember we talked about how, you know, bad teams don't get the calls, right? The sure. winning teams get, get the calls, right? right. Um, and and I, I think you're I think there's been a call the last three weeks that you sh- that, that that I think Texas sh- should have gone Texas's way and didn't. And is it, is it, look, you got you have to create your own breaks. You're not going to get breaks from the officials. Is it bad teams don't get the call, or is it teams that are leaving the Big Twelve don't get the calls? Ooh, that's a double. That's like a double. Same man. thing. The Same bad thing. teams that are leaving the Big Twelve <laughs> definitely don't get calls. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Daniel? Spit it out, though. I, I I said what I said. Uh, I'll say this when, when Miami was winning national championships in the early two thousands, they led, they led the country in most penalties against them. They were so good. It didn't matter. They reveled in it. Yeah. They reveled in it. They, they loved it. So what happens is when you're not winning, you start to look at the minutia. You look at these little things that are happening to you. Uh, You know, Kirk mentioned that Baylor had one pen, one penalty. Texas had four for 30 yards. So 
And one of them was a massive false start at a bad, bad time. And the rough and the punter that didn't get called. Which know. was obviously rough, and he did not touch that ball. I don't care what yeah. anybody says. Mr. Sneed did not touch right. that ball. He did not. That's 15 no, yards. Not. One thing I'd touch on, too, is Sark is just steady Eddie, isn't he? Isn't he just the same? You don't like that steady Eddie. You don't like it. Want... I like to see a little fire. He wants to be like this. He, he wants to see some of this. Rocky. This. I don't, I don't want, him, want Tom Herman up. You want him headbutting players or without a helmet? I don't think I said that. You want him securing the bag? You want him to secure a bag. So you think Sark's fine with the way everything's going down since he's just so even keeled? He's not fine with it, but he's just not giving you that fire and brimstone. He's not giving you that hot copy. That's what's got your cockles all up. My my what? I'm I'm not sure he's fiery in practices with the team either. So, Do you have to be fiery, dog? Tony Dungy wasn't fiery. He's four and I mean, four. Is all I know. Well, Tom was yeah. fiery, and he's not here anymore. Mass- he the sugar bowl. Well, let's ask Danny. He picked him to go ten and two. Ooh, that's a low ooh. blow. Ooh, I'm hey, just now. asking. You know, I think I think uh, we've reached our limit. I think it's time to get out of here. But I don't. I don't. I don't agree, necessarily agree with the fiery thing. I mean, I think Casey put it well. These players know they. You don't have to point out the mistakes. Those receivers know yeah. they dropped the ball. You, know, you don't need to beat it down and scream and yell. I mean, I, if, if you're walking into that building or on that practice field and you don't know what, what's going on, that, there's a problem. I don't think Steve Sarkeesian needs to be up and down screaming and, and yelling. I'm sure some of those position coaches, and I'm sure there is some yelling, but I don't think it's necessarily – I don't think you need to get to the, the uh, podium and start you know, swearing like Moro Ojimo. I don't, I don't think that's, that's necessary. Fudge. That's all he said. Just, you know, fudge, right? Listen, there's going to be some profanity-laced tirades coming out of the web if we don't get this video posted. So that's all we're going to have time for today. Longhorn Confidential for all the fellas. I'm Brian. Remember, you can go to hook'em.com and statesman.com all week long and read all about it. Fellas, don't know if you know this or not, there's a uh, little men's basketball exhibition tonight. I don't. I don't care. There's a women's best basketball exhibition on Thursday. That's what. That's what I'm looking for. It says. It says. Bring it, Kirk. What do you say? Isn't there a Monday night football game tonight? Oh my lord. Okay. Well, on that note, we're gonna wrap it up again. Everybody, thanks for watching. Really appreciate you. Texas and Iowa State Saturday. We'll be back on Thursday for more Longhorn Confidential. Take care.